Welcome to Pirate Talk Radio, your podcast for Sea of Thieves news. There's always something to talk about, whether it be patch notes, whether it be bugs, whether it be exploits, whether it be cosmetics that personally I find beautiful, but ugly at the same time. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Welcome back, guys, to Pirate Talk Radio. This is episode 71, and I apologize for those of you who who, who tune in on YouTube. Uh, I had some major, major issues with episode 70. Uh, The video uh, recording got corrupted, and I tried to get it repaired. I tried everything I could. Unfortunately, um, just really having issues. There was an update that pushed to my recording software. Um, as I record both audio for the audio side of the podcast, and then I also record video uh, uh, for the YouTube. And for some reason, there was an update that just recently happened, and the video, while also recording with the audio software, it's it's just not working out, and the videos are coming out corrupted and things like that. So uh, until I can sort that out, I apologize. The vi- the, the the YouTube audience is is just going to get the audio version. Um, and then with the with the thumbnail with all the topics that we that we cover. So I uh, apologize for that. But I assume I assume I mean, I would love if you guys are actually washing my face when I'm when I'm doing the YouTube video. But I have a feeling that most people who are tuning in on YouTube are not actually watching the video. They just have it up um, as that's their preferred uh, um, um location to to listen to the show so uh if you really want the video back um i'm again i'm gonna keep trying to work on whatever the heck's going on but if you really want the video back uh leave me a comment uh in the in the youtube comments and let me know um yeah so uh also for the rest of you who are not subscribed uh to the pirate talk radio youtube make sure you do go check that out um i'm getting little funny short clips from streams up there from the sea of thieves streams um, also my playthroughs of the different adventures and such are going to be up there as well. Um, so definitely, definitely, definitely check that out. If you would like to get some more, uh, pirate talk radio content with yours truly. So, uh, let's dive into, um, our, our agenda for today, uh, on the news topic. We talked about it last week in episode 70, but, uh, Twitch drops, um, Twitch drops are, are going on right now. So, uh, I, I kind of went over it, uh, uh, last week gave you the, the time frames. but by the time this video is out, you've probably already missed a couple of them. So again, make sure you're listening every week and I'll give you the uh, heads up on those, uh, Twitch drops May 27th through June 1st. There are six total Twitch drops, uh, making sure you're going to, uh, see a thieves website, um, and linking your account, uh, your see a thieves account, your Microsoft account, uh, with your, with your Twitch account. These are for partners only. So you can't just tune into my stream guys. I am not a sea of thieves partner, um, or any other just, uh, uh, random streamer that you might like, uh, you have to watch partnered streamers. Right. So you have to make sure that you tune into a Sea of Thieves partnered streamer. There's a list of them on the Sea of Thieves website. And you can also uh, check when you are uh, on the Sea of Thieves uh, directory on Twitch. Uh, You can see which. Uh, partners have drops enabled a normal streamer even if they have drops enabled are not eligible for these drops so it will not show so uh, you need to watch the streamer for 20 to 30 minutes and then making sure you're going up into your profile on the upper right corner on twitch and claiming your drop if you miss out you miss out there's no way to to get it back so make sure you've linked your account um, and all those fun things if you're curious about how to do that i go over that in the last episode, so go back and listen to the Twitch Drops news section last episode. Aha! You thought I was going to make it easy on you. Nope. That's not my style. Um, we also, by the time this particular episode releases, the Lost Sands Adventure uh, should be released. And I'm going to talk about that um, in a little bit. 
Um, to close off this episode, kind of my predictions, um, what I see is good, bad, and ugly about this particular um, um, update. Um, again, I haven't seen it. I have no idea what's going, what, what, what is actually going to happen. Uh, I don't know how they're going to be recording, um, which side you chose, because, again, they've tweeted out you have to choose a side, which, again, makes sense. We finally get our choice um, that they kept talking about in these adventures. So we'll go over that in my predictions um, and my thoughts on on this new adventure. Uh, but first, I want to give you our Would You Rather for this week, and you can answer the Would You Rather and submit your own Would You Rathers in the YouTube comments. You can hit me up on Twitter at TV on Twitter, or you can send an email to the show, Pirate Talk Radio Podcast at Gmail. All that information is in the show notes if you are curious as to how to get in contact, uh, but you can submit your own Would You Rather and answer this Would You Rather um, that way. So here's your Would You Rather. Would you rather Golden Sands be rebuilt? However, all of the vendors are skeletons and will only talk to you if you are a reaper with an emissary flag. So basically giving reapers a Another outpost, but it's saved. Golden Sands was rebuilt. It's just a Reaper outpost now. Or would you rather Golden Sands is destroyed and a new outpost is formed at Sea Dogs Tavern? Keeping in mind the Sea Dogs Tavern is right next to the Reaper Island which means you have prime selling in the center of the Sea of Thieves, but you've got those pesky reapers right on your doorstep to cause you all sorts of trouble. So there's your would you rather this week. I kind of took the idea of save Golden Sands versus burn it down and flipped it on its head because that's more fun to think of it that way. I don't like... thinking about things in black and white. I like thinking about things in all different shades of gray, maybe 50 shades of gray, if you will, or bright rainbows and butterflies and exotic colors and things. That's how I like to look at the world. Black and white is just so boring. So there you go. There's your would you rather um, for this week. Um, The mystery, just an update for all you lore hounds out there. Again, Though I enjoy lore, the concept of um, of transmedia, and I'll tell you what that is here in a second if you're not aware, um, the concept of transmedia, which is kind of the way video games are 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 doing things nowadays, specifically with storyline to get um, to get different type of engagement um, around all the different platforms and stuff. Um, is is transmedia and the, the, it has nothing to do. Um, I've I've mentioned it on stream and things before. I might have even mentioned it on this show before, but the the concept is not anything about gender identity because you know that's a thing. That's that's kind of you know big hot button issues is you know trans rights and things like that. But this has nothing to do with that. It's been around a lot longer than than the the media storm. Um, that's out there on your television, especially if you're in the United States. Uh, the transmedia is 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 just a definition of game companies utilizing Twitter, YouTube, hard copy, soft copy books, audio books, um, um, f- pictures like fan art type things only, not fan art, but actually coming from the studio. Um, comic books, a variety of different uh, um, outlets that they're telling the story um, that also is the story of the video game. The difference is if it's in the comic book, it's not going to be in the video game. If it's in the um, movie, it's not going to be in the video game. If it's in the um, Twitter post, it's not necessarily going to be in the video game, right? It's these other outlets of engagement that, uh, the, the gaming company is trying to either sell you, uh, comic books, hard copy books, audio books, et cetera. Um, and they're trying to sell you to generate new revenue, trying to get you tickets to the movie or the TV show or whatever it is. But it's canon and it is linked to the video game, right? So if you're not 
consuming the comic books. You're not consuming the audio books. You're not consuming all these different forms of media. You're actually missing out on the storyline, right? Because it's being referenced in the video game in some way, shape, or form, or something feels like it's missing or left out. It's 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 there. It's being referenced, but it's not actually in the game, right? It's canon, but it's not in the game. <clears throat> so Rare has done this for a while through their book series and comic books and things like that. Um, but now with mysteries, right, they're they're trying to get you to engage with them on Twitter to unlock different things. They're trying to to, you know, have people throw out all their theories and and everything's kind of out there in the the social media universe, the YouTube universe. Right. Who knows what might be in the new uh, Captain Flameheart novel that's coming out, right? It's it's different forms of story that is all canon and is referenced sometimes by the game, but if you're just playing the game, you're missing out on all that stuff. So not really my, uh, my, my bag, if you will. Uh, I didn't like when World of Warcraft started to do it. I hated when EverQuest did it back in the day. I'm just not a fan of it, right? If I want to get the book, cool, I'll get the book. But if I don't want to read a comic book or I don't want to sit here and follow every little tweet you make just to figure out what's going on in the game, I really don't don't care to do so. I understand on a business aspect, but on on a on a person who has a full-time job, who's got this show and other content that he does, who who travels and things like that, it's it's just too much for someone like me to keep up on, right? I've got I've got, you know, um people who want to play video games and stuff with me that aren't Sea of Thieves. I just don't have the time to keep up with all of that stuff um, along with trying to enjoy life and, and all that stuff. So for me, it's, it's not what I enjoy and I I've never really liked the concept of transmedia um, for video games. So it's just, it's just not my thing right now for a lot of folks out there. I've been, I've been seeing um, on my time on Twitter that people are getting into it. Right. And I love to see the community engagement where people are trying to figure out the next step, the next answer, the next clue, some people I think are digging a little deeper than they should, uh, really trying to, to, I don't know, craft something that might not be there going back to posts from years ago and pictures from years ago to try to find things. Look, look, this mystery, you know, sure. They may be dropping some stuff that has been dropping for a little while, but in general, this mystery has just started and people diving back into ridiculous histories to try to figure something out. It's it's getting a little it's getting a little far. I don't think rare um, is is really diving that far back. Right. You know, there's stories of Amaranta and Ramsey and and um, Lissetti and Flameheart. Right. We've got books. We've got comic books. We've got things like that. Sure. Some of that stuff is obviously going to tie in because that's their past and that's history. But when, when people are, 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 you know, looking at screenshots from a year and a half ago and zooming in on things. It's just like, come on. It, it, it wasn't there then. I promise you it wasn't there then. Okay. We're, we're here now. Let's enjoy the clues as they come out. Let's not, you know, go balls deep where you're losing sleep over what is going on. I mean, people are getting angry out there on Twitter when someone suggests something and it doesn't line up with their theory based on their encyclopedia Britannica that they've written, right? If you love Sea of Thieves as much as I do or even more, and you want to dive in and write this stuff down in a book and, you know, basically like the old TV shows where you've got the cork board on the wall and you're drawing lines and stuff to try to figure out this murder mystery, I get it. Like you are into this and I love the passion, but also respect that other people are trying to solve it as well. Might not be as uh, uh, passionate about it as you, but there's no reason to get angry, right? This is a community driven event, a community driven activity, and all community members should have the opportunity to enjoy this in their own way without getting destroyed and flamed because you're not passionate. You're not researching enough. You're not doing this. You're wrong because of it. Okay. Let, let, let's all take a chill pill. Let's all take a chill pill. 
and enjoy the murder mystery together. But some some things that have transpired since the last uh, episode, um, there is a new lantern that you can get. Um, go to Sea Dogs Rest, <clears throat> the Idle Island Sea Dogs Rest. I'm not going to tell you how to, but go to the Island Sea Dogs Rest and explore around. If you haven't uh, if you haven't been there for a little bit since the murder mystery started, go there, explore around. And figure it out. But there's a new lantern you can get. The lantern is very much like the ferryman lantern um, in the tall tales where it shows you things. Um, and one of the things it shows you is on a sandy beach. Who killed DeMarco? Okay, so we were we were contemplating, and I still don't think it's as easy as just saying DeMarco is dead. Um, I still think there might be some twists and turns uh, along that. Um, I believe that DeMarco is dead, but I still think there's going to be some twists and turns in this story. Um, so you can and you can find clues um, right now around Sea of Thieves with those lanterns, um, namely, you know, who killed DeMarco in the sand. But other folks might be finding some other ones. Just be careful. Photoshop's out there is what I'll say. There's a lot of photoshops uh, surrounding this right now. So be be careful of the photoshops. Right. Um, but but go get your lantern and explore around and see if you can't find any clues. Um, I know today I didn't get to see the end of his stream, but I know Captain Falcor today um, saw a, a tweet after this mystery started of the gold hoarder um, at Tribute Peak staring at his throne. And the tweet was just simply a, well, what do you think he's staring at? Right. And those type of tweets are definitely tweets you should be looking at that are kind of out of the ordinary and kind of pointless. Those are the ones that you should be looking at when it comes to getting these clues, because that's how Sea of Thieves does these clues, right? They post out a nice little video or a picture and it just says snakes and it makes zero sense. It, nothing is, is telling you anything about what's going on right now. Nothing about server stability or hit registration, just a random picture and the word snakes, right? Th those are the tweets that you should be focusing on when it comes to this mystery, because those are your hints. Those are the ones you want to analyze and look into. Um, so you can also run around and uh, there are now um, and different graves across the Sea of Thieves. There are now notes attached to the different graves that you can read and learn a little bit more about the mystery. Again, <clears throat> I'm just trying to give you some information if you're stuck or you're wondering what's going on. I'm not diving too deep into this. Um, again, it's not really my cup of tea. Um, trying to put all these different sources out there together um, and and come up with the, the the answer. Right? I'm going to enjoy the journey, but I'm going to enjoy the journey through other people um, who this is this is what they want to spend uh, their time doing. Right? Um, so, but I will give you information as I as I get it, and and hopefully you can enjoy the mystery in however you want to enjoy the mystery. Um, at the end of last episode, in the end of episode 70, um, I teased that we would be talking about a controversial topic uh, this week, and that's what I kind of want to get to right now. And the, I guess the conclusion of this um, happened uh, about two weeks ago or so. And um, and that is dealing with the new mustache cosmetic. So the I believe it was called the Eastern and I'm going to mess this up. It's the it's the new uh, it's the completion of the green dragon uh, or the green version of the Ashen set, to be honest. Um, not completely, but it's just the reskinned trashing set uh looks great by the way love love the green because i'm a huge fan of green but uh it uh, i want to say it was the eastern jade dragon set it uh, i know i have that name wrong i didn't write it down i apologize but uh the beard of that set um caused quite a bit of controversy um for a, ver a variety of reasons um and there were voices on both sides so I want to take a, a few minutes and, and, and just kind of talk about the history of why this was a, a controversial cosmetic to begin with um, and my thoughts on, on why Rare even put it in um, and more so, uh, again, why they took it out. So 
Um, if you did get this cosmetic, it's been removed and, and you got a refund for the, for the amount of gold, uh, that it cost you. Um, and if you equipped it or you looked at what it was, it is the, what is known as the Fu Manchu. Okay. That is the name of the beard style that that was. And, um, so a little history of this, uh, the Fu Manchu was, uh, first that, that, the, the long, uh, mustache looking, uh, thing, uh, was first in a sax. I am going to butcher this name. Sax, uh, Romer, I believe is how you pronounce it. Uh, story. Um, and it was Dr. I believe Fu Manchu, or maybe it was Emperor Fu Manchu. Uh, I, I, I didn't write down the uh, particulars, but, uh, it was, uh, a portrayal of a evil, really evil, uh, Chinese person in this story, uh, very, uh, yellow skinned and this particular, uh, beard, right? The Fu Manchu beard. Uh, and it was uh, also brought up in and maybe even became more famous in, in the Dickens era of writing. Um, and it was uh, linked to uh, what was known as the Yellow Peril, um, which over the course of history, that particular beard has been used in TV uh, in in movies and in general. Um, I would say probably 90% of the time, even maybe even more than 90% of the time, that particular beard is used to portray a evil or villain, um, Asian stereotyped person character, right? So, uh, over the course of, of years of history, uh, it has really become a racist symbol, uh, for Chinese people. Um, it is it is not a symbol. It's not a hairstyle that uh, Chinese people like to see uh, in films, in in uh, TV shows, uh, referred to in books or writing. Uh, and in fact, uh, more recent history, the uh, Marvel movie Shang-Chi, which was a very popular movie in the United States, was actually banned in China. Uh, because of the use of the Fu Manchu. Uh, now, Shang Li's uh, story is actually linked all the way back to the original uh, Sax Romer um, story, right? So there, there is a, a link there that goes all the way back there. And, and again, it's, it's not a image. It is not a facial hairstyle that is acceptable to use. Uh, in, in the Asian world, specifically in the Chinese culture. And again, the Jade Dragon or the Eastern Jade Winds or uh, again, whatever the name of the, um, I believe originally came out uh, during like Chinese New Year or, or again, a kind of a celebration of Asian culture. Uh, we've got a couple cosmetics to boats that kind of, you know, you know, and then they had the and again, the ashen stuff is the same thing, right? It's it's red. Um, but again, it, it it's, we have very few tips of the cap to the Asian culture in Sea of Thieves and the ashen um outfit and now the the green version this jade version is kind of a tip of the cap of of both um asian footwear and clothing you know just a tip of the cap to the culture um over in china and over in the the asian part of the world um unfortunately um there are limitations when you are honoring a culture um, there are limitations to what you can uh, and can't do. And some people out there, I, I understand you're or saying, well, it's just a beard, right? It does. It, it just because I, I have the beard doesn't necessarily mean I'm racist. Doesn't mean I'm, I, I don't like the Chinese people. Doesn't mean I get it. Okay. I understand. It was a beard. Maybe it fit your character. You just viewed it as a facial hair cosmetic. Unfortunately, not everyone views it that way. Uh, and there were a lot of folks that were highly, highly offended that a racist image was put into the game that they love. Um, uh, again, 
a lot of outspoken folks uh, when it comes in terms of of you know Chinese players or Chinese descendant uh, players, folks with a, a a Chinese family or something like that 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 understand the history um, of this symbol. Um, so I want to um, kind of direct um, at a tweet here. Uh, and this is the official Sea of Thieves uh, tweet. It was put out on the 16th of May. And it says, due, uh, uh, due to feedback we received, the Eastern Winds Jade Beard has been removed from the Outpost store. Players who have bought the beard will no longer be able to view it in their vanity chest or equip it and will receive a refund in the next week. Now, that there was there was no apology, okay? I, I think an apology was probably something that would have been nice to see from, from the Sea of Thieves official info and support, but there wasn't. Um... I, I don't know if Rare felt that an apology was necessary because they felt their intentions were good. Uh, but either way, they took action and, and removed it. And again, a lot of folks were very upset that this particular uh, cosmetic was removed, seeing that they saw nothing wrong with it. And and I want to, to kind of give a, a perspective. Uh, this is a content uh, creator, um, a, a, a player of the game, uh, with a descent and, and a knowledge of the history um, of this particular style of beard. Uh, in a very professional tweet uh, in the comments, you know, again, defending Rare for removal. Moving it says the style and description referenced Fu Manchu, a racist, uh, a, a, a racist caricature created by a British man in the early 20th century that pushed stereotypes, propaganda, racism against Asians in the Western world. 100% correct. I don't care if the beard is there or not, but I understand the intent to remove it. Um, so again, just a little context there. And, and I, I talked, uh, on stream, um, I think a week or two ago about this. And again, some people were saying in chat and, and even the folks that I was sailing with was, I didn't see a problem with it. And I, and the example was then brought up about the swastika, you know, the classic bent cross, uh, that now today symbolizes uh, Nazi Germany symbolizes the the Holocaust, uh, symbolizes the genocide uh, that the Nazis did against the Jewish people and other uh, other people who were not deemed Aryan race or who were not deemed, you know, perfect or, or Nazism. Right. But if we look at the history of the swastika or that bent cross symbol, you can trace the lineage of that symbol all the way back to, to Egypt and ancient civilizations where it meant different things. And it didn't mean killing people. It didn't mean a, a group of, of, you know, horrible dictatorial leaders who are leading their people to kill people and conquer the world and, and cause horrible tragedy. Right. It meant very different things in the ancient world. And and there are people out there to this day of Asian descent of of, you know, Asian people who have this particular facial hair. There are also, you know, uh, people who have portrayed uh, characters in movies who are of Asian descent and have donned this particular facial hair. So I can see both sides of the argument. Right. I can see both sides of the it's just facial hair. And then the, well, this is the history behind it and why it is racist and why it shouldn't be in the game, right? So you have both sides. I'm going to take the approach on the rare side, okay? Rare, as we've talked about, has issues with server performance, game performance, player experience. Um, they've hemorrhaged players for a long time. They had a boost of players through Pirate's Life. Um, they've lost some, you know, they, they want to get as many people playing their game as possible. That is their job that they want to create a fantastical world, an amazing game that people will continue to play and love for a long time, which generates them money. 
right? That's that's business, right? Regardless of we if we agree with some of the developmental choices or not that Rare makes, it's it's about money for them, right? They they want players to enjoy themselves playing the game so that players continue to play. They get that money from Microsoft for Game Pass. Uh, they're a little kickback for the for the Game Pass. They get people buying Emporium. Their objective is to make money. They are a business. And when you are in a business and when you are a public figure or, or a business, you have to be very cautious about the lines you cross, how you cross them. And you have to be very cautious about how you approach things because things that you may not see as an issue, things that you may not intend as an issue may be a major issue for some people and may cause a lot of pain and frustration with portion of your player base. And as a as a business, you can't afford in this particular world to lose customers. Losing loyal customers, losing good customers is a death of a business, right? There are some decisions that you can make that you are okay with the loss of people. Having a group of people Calling something in your game as racist and giving a history of why it is racist and why is it it's offensive. That is a black mark and that is a stain that you do not want on your brand or anywhere associated with your business. Um, so do I think Rare took the appropriate action? Yes. Do I think they needed to maybe apologize uh, just a little bit? Maybe we're sorry for our oversight uh, in introducing a, a cosmetic which does have uh, racist uh, undertones. You know, our oversight, we apologize. We will do a better job in the future to make sure that cosmetics we release um, are not offensive uh, to any of our players, you know, based on their heritage or whatever. You know, something like that, a nice general PR statement. Do I think that was would be something that nice to see from Rare? Absolutely. Um, but the fact that they took action on it relatively quickly after that set came out, um, listen to the player feedback, specifically the players that had um, um, a problem with it and disabled and removed it from the game, I think was the appropriate action. I think it was a good reaction. And I think putting out a statement at least stating that they listened to player feedback and they took action on it was a good thing for them to do. I, I, I think they took appropriate action. Do I think they, they could have done a little bit more as far as apologizing? Sure. I do, but I, I think they did enough, right? I think they did enough. Um, but again, there are certain things that rare could do that. I don't think they need to apologize for that will piss off players and push them away. Um, disabling the arena, for example, pissed off a lot of players, pushed some away, but that was a decision based on statistics, um, on their player base and what their players were doing. And then looking at their business, where their resources was, where their money is coming in, how much money they have and what they would like to do with the game in the future. And it was completely based on on business decision and statistics. This was based on something a little bit more personal, a lot more personal um, in some cases. And it, it was based to make sure that an entire population of their player base is not put off by their game because anytime they log in, they have the chance to see a symbol, which to them is very offensive and, and very hurtful and very racist, right? Uh, just by when it was a, when it was originated um, to be a a a poke, poke the finger, a a point, a racist uh, finger point um, at a particular culture, at the Chinese culture specifically. Um, you, you know th that was the right course of action. And whether you agree with it or not, and that's fine, um, it's really simple to turn off a cosmetic and remove it for the game to ensure that your players are not offended and 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 that. Now, I, I'm sure there's some people out there who have made the comments. I haven't looked on Twitter, but I'm sure there's some people out there that's like, I'm offended by blonde hair. I'm offended by this hairstyle that looks like a butch lesbian. I don't agree with the LGBT community. I'm offended by this outfit because 
because it looks like a Spanish conquistador. And the Spanish, through their through their crusades through America, wiped out a whole bunch of indigenous people. Okay, I get it. Okay, I get it. You could turn this in any way, shape, or form that you want. But at the end of the day, the Spanish conquistador outfit has nothing based in racism. To my knowledge, and I've studied a lot of history, including decolonization of the United States. Was it a horrible time for the indigenous people? Yes, but it wasn't necessarily uh, a single symbol created by the West to be uh, derogatory towards the Eastern people. Okay, that it wasn't. It was a it was a suit of armor, right? The conquistador set with a suit of armor, right? Blonde hair people are blonde all over the place. Redheads, particular hairstyles. I mean, there are people out there who don't like my haircut. It looks like a really cheap white man's version of Ragnar Lothbrook. Okay, it's not as long, it's not as cool, but it's getting there, all right? There are people out there who don't like that. But guess it's it's it has nothing to do with with racism or trying to offend someone. I don't think that Rare did their due diligence in researching this particular symbol and I think it was an honest mistake. At at the heart of all of this, I think the introduction of the Fu Manchu into Sea of Thieves was a oversight in the research of that particular image of that particular uh, facial hairstyle. It was a complete oversight. They didn't do their research. They put something in there that they thought again was a tip of the cap and an honoring of a certain group of people in the world. Because again, if you see that hairstyle, I'm sorry, you do not think Chicago, Illinois, Deep dish pizza. You do not think gangsters of of the Bronx, right? Um, from from back in the the days. You do not think of the gold miners of the West of the United States. You do not think of the Swiss Guard in Vatican City, right? You don't think of of Swiss chocolatiers when you see that facial hairstyle. Immediately when you see that facial hairstyle, you immediately go, oh, Asia, oh, China, oh, evil villain from movies and TV shows and books, okay? And that's fine. That's fine that you associate that with it, with it. Because that is the books that are out there. That is the image we see in in our movies and our TV shows. Is it good that these movies and TV shows and books are still including it? No, it's not. But as far as us, the people, that's what we associate with it. We don't necessarily know the history unless you're sitting there researching it. We don't know that story unless you researched it, right? I, I knew that the Fu Manchu definitely portrayed an evil Asian villain. I've seen it enough. Did I know the history that this was created originally by a British uh, writer uh, in 1912, Sax Romer? No, I did not until I re- researched it. Did I know that it was associated with the Yellow Peril and Charles Dickens, again, trying to poke fun of and make fun of Chinese folks? No, I didn't. Not until I researched it. Did I know that China banned the Marvel movie Shang-Chi because of this particular facial hairstyle was used? No, I didn't. Not until I researched it. So my guess is that... Rare just didn't dive deep enough in their research, and they just picked a symbol that they knew players would associate to Asian culture, which is what the entire Ashen Dragon and Eastern Dragon sets are tied to, right? They're tied to the Asian culture. That's what they're tied to, and I think that's what Rare was going for. But they need to do a little bit more research, right? They need to do a little bit more research, right? For example, let, let me give you another example. And based on the fact that Rare is in the UK, I doubt that they would ever make this type of mistake. But let's say they had on an island a skeleton corpse. And the skeleton corpse had 
uh, uh, chains, anklets, uh, like chains around their ankles and 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 bound around their their wrists. And on this particular um, island where the 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 corpse was chained, right? They had ankle and chains. There was a field. And that field just so happened to have plants on it with bulbs that looked like cotton. And that particular skeleton chained up had dreadlocks, right? Now, if you're not drawing the lines here, let me help you draw the lines here. Dreadlocks in general are associated with Africans or in the United States, African-American people. That is a very popular uh, hairstyle. And by the way, it's cool and looks awesome. I, I wish I could have dreadlocks. My hair wouldn't do it. But holy crap, is it an awesome hairstyle. But if you then tie that to this skeleton clearly dead in a cotton field with chains, you are now taking a hairstyle which is associated with a group of people, and then that skeleton is just so happens to be presented as if they were a, a black slave working cotton fields, right? And that's that's the kind of thing, again, would Rare ever do that? <laughs> no, they're smart enough to know that history just without even trying. But the Fu Manchu is a little bit different. Namely, I know here in the United States, Asian history is not taught in our, our in our schools, right? It's not taught in our schools. I don't know about England. I, I hope it was taught in our schools in the United States. I would hope it would be taught around the world. It's part of the world. We should know about cultures around the world. We should know about their people. We should know about their history. But until I research this stuff, and, and I've, I've studied history all of my life. I have a degree in history, and I did not know the literary works of the British in 1912 uh, with Romer and with Dickens and the Yellow Peril. I, I've read Dickens before. I didn't know who Romer was. Maybe I should. But I did not know this history, and I assume that's where Rare fell into the trap and got themselves into this situation where they offended and hurt um, some of their players, again, namely over the seas. So, again, I, I, I think... Us, the players who might not be attached to um, um, the Asian culture, uh, might not be familiar with that history, um, I think we need to take a step back and understand where the pain came from. We need to understand the history of that particular facial hair, and we need to have a little more uh, kindness and and empathy for those folks who were hurt and offended by that and not just go out on Twitter or Reddit, which I saw plenty of people do and attack these folks for being snowflakes or insert any other uh, terminology saying they're overreacting. OK, Th there are very hurtful things uh, that imagery can do. Uh, in video games, in movies, and TV shows, and books, or wh wh whatever the media is. Images are very powerful um, and can really, really hurt people. So I'm glad Rare removed that, and I hope my little history lesson here and my little uh, tying together something that might be more familiar with us, um, I, I hope that gives you a little bit more perspective on why this was important for Rare to act on and act on quickly uh, and completely remove this particular cosmetic from the game, both on a business and brand standpoint, but also just to be decent human beings uh, to some of their players and, and people around the world who, um, who play the game. So, adventure number four. We finished up Act Three, right? There, are th there. It's uh, it's three part act. So we're in our second story of adventures. Well, it's the continuation of the story, right? It's not cut and dry. It's not like a movie trilogy and then another movie trilogy. They are linked together. Uh, but the idea again is we have a three act adventure series and then we move on to another three act adventure series so one two three obviously three you know my opinions of it it ended in a a glorious battle against the shrouded ghost and the the forces of flameheart 
And now we're into the next arc, the next three, four, five, six, if you will. If you're a Star Wars fan, you knew these have to be the best because Star Wars four, five, six were the best. And the other ones just, I almost want to erase them from the Star Wars universe, but I can't. And now in number four, adventure number four, we are tasked with saving or destroying Golden Sands. And you already heard my Would You Rather earlier, uh, but here's some of the items that I would like to talk about. And as I said before, by the time this is publicly released, you all would have already played, you all will have already been a couple days into the adventure. You know how they're going to be doing it. At this point, this moment in time, I have no idea how they're going to be doing it. Um, But I have my thoughts. And I've talked to you a little bit about them on stream, um, but I will kind of hit you with them right now. So first off, I'm very curious on how they're going to track the uh, Reapers versus the Mirics, right? The go- save Golden Sands versus destroy Golden Sands. We've had choices like this in the past, uh, such as when we had to hand in um, flags, Gold Hoarder, Order of Souls, Um, or Merchant Alliance, or Reapers, and the most flags handed in over a period of time would reward everyone who took part in it um, a certain hat cosmetic, right? That's That was something there. So I assume that they're going to use a similar system of tracking where you have an objective, whether it be a flag, an emissary flag, whether it be a voyage, whether it be where, you know, who you turn stuff into. If you turn stuff into the Reapers or you turn stuff into um, uh, the, the like Merrick at the Golden Sands. I assume it's going to be Merrick. They, they may have the inhabitants back and you turn in stuff just like you would at a normal outpost. It's just still on fire and boarded up. I, I don't know. But how I view this is however they do it, either a voyage or just handing in treasure or emissary flags, whatever it's going to do, in the back end, they've got it set up like the old Reapers versus the World event. And if the Reapers get most of whatever it is turned in, they win. If Merrick's group and Save Golden Sands get the majority of treasure turned in, probably by gold value, um, maybe by item count. I don't know. Uh, I would hope it would be by gold value and not by item count because then there's... Anyways. Um, <laughs> I'm going to get 1,000 golden chalices and turn them in for 150 gold each and we win. So I don't know. I would assume they're going to use that kind of same back-end system in this. Um, I would also like to know how they're going to tell the community um, how the how how the community is doing, right? Um, you know, are the Reapers winning? Are the are the uh, uh, the Merrick supporters and Save Golden Sands winning? Who's winning this battle? Um, I don't know if it's going to be something on their website, uh, if they're going to be putting something in the game in the adventure tab where you can watch live um, how things are going and, and you can either step up your game or or you can kind of relax and, and eat some popcorn and watch the world burn like I'm going to do. Um, or if it's going to be a secret and we don't know. I really don't like the idea of it being a secret because... That means we don't know what's going on. Data could be manipulated, maybe. I don't think they would do that, but maybe. Uh, And Rare does whatever they want to do anyway. So I hope they show us visually somewhere um, a tracker of who's winning. I, I, I really think that would be important in order to keep the integrity, even if they're manipulating the data and even if they already know who they are, are, are going to pick as the winners, regardless of what we the players do, and it's just a facade for that. I don't think Rare is doing that, by the way. I'm just saying, if they, if, if they already have designed who's going to win and this is all a facade, if they do something to at least show us like we have hope, Um, at least then there wouldn't be an outrage of, oh, Rare didn't actually give us a choice at all. 
I believe in Rare. I believe um, that they do have the back-end systems already in place uh, in order to track this. Um, so I, I just want to make sure that whatever they do, I hope it's transparent, uh, and I hope it's something the community can watch um, as we go through these next couple weeks with this adventure. Um, the one thing I really like about this particular style of adventure is it's not going to be an adventure like some of the past where most of the players are going to burn through it in the first day or two it is going to be something that is ongoing because if we're trying to calculate who wins, right, it's a race. So that means it's going to be a race through the entire duration of the adventure, which means there's going to be players playing and doing their objectives in order to get their side to win throughout the entire adventure which means they're going to be players on the seas, which means they're going to be people to see and people to shoot and ships to kill. It's excellent. It's awesome. That's what we need to see. This is great in theory. Now we have to see them execute it, right? We know that Rare has great ideas. And unfortunately, even as of late, the last adventure, their ideas are great in theory, but in practice, they kind of fall flat on their face and they're really bad. So I hope they, again, they've learned from the feedback of the past. They understand the limitations of their servers and they give us an adventure that is going to keep us engaged and excited throughout the duration of the adventure, um, which again, lasts what, two weeks, three weeks, something like that. I don't remember. Um, but something that lasts the duration the other thing that I'm interested in finding out um, is the reward system. Every adventure before this, everyone was doing the same thing. You get checkmark, 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 checkmark on your deeds. You get your rewards. This has two sides to the coin. Are there going to be unique cosmetic awards for people who are participating in Save Golden Sands? Versus the people who are burning golden sands, will they have unique um, uh, cosmetics? Because that would cause a lot of issues, right? If you can't get both cosmetics because you chose a side, you know, as, as someone who collects cosmetics, that would that would kind of upset me. But in the same regards, I would be happy if I got the cosmetics for my side to show off my allegiance, right? That would be cool. But is Rare going to have a system where you can complete? Uh, at least once both sides to get both cosmetics if there are two sets of cosmetics. Maybe it's one set of cosmetics for just participating, uh, and then the whole community, everyone who participated, gets cosmetics um, for participating in the event. I don't know how they're going to do it, uh, but knowing the outrage and the craze that people have, including myself, for cosmetics, I hope they come up with a solution that the community really works for and really puts in a lot of good effort in the next couple of weeks. Uh, so that way it, it, it keeps the seas fresh and fun uh, with a lot of interesting player interactions. Uh, I'll be honest. I know I'm very excited um, to 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 stream Sea of Thieves on Saturday, uh, which will be the first time that I take a look on the adventure. So the adventure releases on Thursday. Um, I will not be looking at it on Friday. Uh, and then on Saturday uh, will be the first time that I actually take a peek at it and take part in it. Uh, here's here's, a, here's a, a spoiler alert. I'm burning Golden Sands. I'm just letting you know I am burning Golden Sands. And here's my reasoning. It's not that I don't like Golden Sands. I think Golden Sands was a beautiful amazing outpost, but it would be so very easy if we saved golden sands for them just to be like, bloop, there's the old golden sands. And then it feels like nothing in the world changed. It feels like the fog that took over the capturing and abduction of the people that happened. Um, everything that has transpired in adventures one through three, it feels like, well, what the hell? Like bell came here and and golden sands is burnt and and crumbling and there's fog everywhere and we fought the shrouded ghost and all this stuff it feels like if they just went bloop golden sands is back it, it just feels like a waste of the past three adventures where i really feel that if we burn golden sands we have an opportunity here to really impact the story 
and the overall map of Sea of Thieves. If Golden Sands is gone, one, we have now broken the two outposts in the three major seas because there's only one over there now. It's Sanctuary. We still have Plunder and Ancient Isle, or uh, Plunder and um, um, Ancient Spire. We still have Galleon's Grave and Dagger Tooth, and we still have Moro's Peak. But on the other side, it's only Sanctuary. So now the map is more balanced, and I am a very symmetrical person. So having two in the in in the wilds, two in the Ancient Isles, one in the Devil's Roar, and one in the Shores of Plenty, the map is now balanced. North to south and east to west, it is relatively balanced. But I'm also interested in what they're going to do with the survivors. I don't see them killing off major characters like Merrick. I don't see them killing off major characters like Flameheart Jr. if Golden Sands is saved. I don't see them killing off major characters like Wanda with a with an O, not an A. Wanda, not Wanda. The sister, who is obviously playing a major role in this story. And I don't see them killing off, let's be honest, their only LGBTQ character that at least they've revealed that is LGBTQ. And that is the Emporium uh, character of Emily, which has a Emily, a traditional female name, but it's on a character who is very reminiscent of the male pirates of the game. And they go by the pronouns they, them, which we found out in Adventure 2. So I don't think they're just going to kill off the, the people of Golden Sands because of a variety of different reasons. So where will they go? That is interesting to me. If we destroy Golden Sands, where will the inhabitants go? Will they go set up a new outpost on Mermaid's Hideaway? Will they all seek refuge in the Sea Dog Tavern and that opens up and becomes a new outpost? Will they be strewn about the other outposts and you have to go find them? And then you can talk to them and they talk about the old days of Golden Sands and their home that's been destroyed and how much we must fight the forces of Flameheart and really just emphasize this war that's happening between the Pirate Lord and Flameheart. It's so interesting to me. And to me, it's more interesting to see what the developers do if Golden Sands is destroyed than it is to me to think about what they will do if we rebuild it because then it could just be, bloop, Golden Sands is back and it's like nothing's ever changed. So to me, the overall implications and impact of the game, the choice to destroy Golden Sands versus saving it has much more implications of change in the game and makes me a player who got to choose this feel more powerful in the future of the game. That's why I'm destroying Golden Sands. Not because I don't have anything against Merrick, not because I have anything against Golden Sands how it was. I think it was a beautiful outpost. I think it had its time. But I want to see what happens if it is destroyed and where they take the map and where they take the game if, in fact, the outpost is destroyed. So that is where I'm going to be. Uh, I hope some of you join me, but for those of you who choose to save Golden Sands, I will not hate on you because that's the next thing I want to talk about. Toxicity. Sea of Thieves has had a history of telling people, banning people, punishing people for being overly toxic in their game, removing partnerships from partners and content creators for being toxic in the game. Permanently banning, suspending, et cetera, et cetera, for being toxic. We haven't even seen this adventure release yet, and I've seen some nasty, nasty comments on Twitter and on Reddit and in streamers' chats because someone has chosen to do something other than what that particular player wants. It's a lot of toxicity already, and we haven't even seen the adventure yet. We haven't even got to see what it's like, how it's tracked, what the objectives are going to be. We don't know what the outcome is going to be. It hasn't even been downloaded yet. But there is so much toxicity out there. And if this is the amount of toxicity out on social media, 
personal attacks on social media, I don't even want to know what in-game is going to be like. Because I have a feeling, I have a feeling, if this is going to be Reapers versus Merrick, or Burn Golden Sands versus Save Golden Sands, Rare is going to develop this in a way which forces player interaction. Could be positive, could be negative, could be friendly, could be hostile. But when Rare has these type of events, they design it in a way that forces players to interact with each other in some way, shape, or form. And if this is the level of toxicity that I'm seeing on Twitter and Reddit, just based on the idea and the teasers and trailers we've seen, I can only imagine if this is developed in a way to force players to interact with each other and one player is on the side of burn and one player is on the side of save, I can only imagine the level of toxicity that is going to happen in game. Especially if the burn golden sand side involves Reaper emissary PVP. Because people have very strong opinions about PVP and PVE in this game. The majority of players fit right in the the middle. It's the two sides, the two very polar opposite sides of the player base. The PVP only players and the PVE only players that are now again going to be forced into a maelstrom together and toxicity and feelings and emotions are already running wild with personal attacks on Twitter and in Reddit based on the side. It's okay to show your colors. It's okay to say, burn it down. It's okay to say, save it. It's okay to give reasons why. It is not okay to personally attack another person. This is a video game. We are players in a fantastical world where we get to as players, decide the fate of our game. This should be celebrated. We should all be cheering that we get that kind of power. Even the rare developers themselves are getting in on it. Joe Neat has tweeted that he wants to burn it to the ground and that Mike Chapman is too set in his ways and wants to go back how things were. And Mike wants to save Golden Sands because it's a beautiful outpost and it's part of Sea of Thieves history and he doesn't want to see it burn. Even the rare developers have chosen sides, but they're doing it in a friendly and professional manner. There are so many people out there that are personally attacking and just saying just horrible things. Pick a side, follow the deeds and and things to do your side, let other folks do their side, and let it all play out. You can wave the flag of the Reapers or rave the flag of Merrick and be proud about your side and try to get people to join your side and have fun with this. It is supposed to be fun. It is supposed to be a war between the two factions. It is supposed to feel like you are making a difference on the battlefield. It is supposed to feel like that. But it's a video game. It's where we go to have fun and find enjoyment and it has no place for personal attacks just because you don't like what another player has decided to do with their game time. So what I ask of everyone in the pirate talk radio community, pick a side, but respect the choice of another. If there's PVP, Go out and sink some ships and kill some players. But do it respectfully. Give the GGs. Be non-toxic. When you handle yourselves out in social media or on Reddit, don't be toxic. There are going to be people that want to burn it to the ground like myself. There are going to be people who want to save it like Mike Chapman. Let them try and show them on the battlefield that your side is better. Turn in two things for every one that they turn in. Show them 
Don't sit there and personally attack them. I get all worked up about the developers, and yes, I've called them names, and yes, I've said some things, but at the end of the day, if if at Sea of Thieves Fest, Joe Neat walks in and walks up to me, I would shake that man's hand and say, thank you for giving me this game. I know that I am brutal about the feedback that I give and have said that there's stupidity and idiocy and morons. I understand that I say that. But it's all in love for the game. And I'm not calling out anyone in particular a personal attack. I'm directing it at a team or at the company in general. I'm not personally attacking any one person. Personal attacks have got to go across everything. So enjoy this adventure. Have a good time with it. I think, the in theory, this adventure should be very fun and should be very interactive and engaging for several weeks. Enjoy it. Get on the seas. Choose a side. Wave your flag. Be proud. But don't be toxic. Just, just, just don't be toxic. Because I can tell you this. If I run into a toxic pirate, trust me, my responses are going to silence them very, very quickly. Because regardless of how mean they can be, I can be a lot more mean. And I'm not a toxic person. Y'all might think I'm a toxic person. Trust me, I'm not a toxic person. But I also don't tolerate bullies or toxicity. So go out there, be a good example for Pirate Talk Radio. I'm going to tell you right now, wave your Reaper flag. Let's burn Golden Sands to the ground. Let's see what exciting new chapter in Sea of Thieves we, the players, get to design and take part in. I am super excited for this adventure. I hope the servers are stable. I I hope they do some fixing on the rubber banding issues that we've had. I hope they fix some of the bugs and issues that we've been seeing build and build and mount and mount. And I hope we have a good couple weeks on this adventure. I hope everyone has a good time. And if you haven't seen on social media, it is official. The media has went out. Davram will see you at Sea of Thieves Fest in England in July. I will have freebies to hand people who come up to me. I will have things to sign and give out to you to make sure you get to take home something from Sea of Thieves Fest and remember it. And myself and Captain Logan of the Keel Hall Podcast will be doing a live edition of Pirate Talk Radio and the Keel Hall Podcast that you, the live audience of Sea of Thieves Fest, can take part in. So I hope to see you at Sea of Thieves Fest, and I hope you have a good time on this adventure. Take care of yourselves and each other, and I will see you next week on Pirate Talk Radio.